Hello and welcome to Mental Awakening, the podcast that explores all topics related to trauma recovery, mental health, chronic pain, and healing. I'm your host, Sarah DeKeeley, psychotherapist and mental health social worker. And in this episode, I will speak about crisis as opportunity, what it means, how it can be done, and why it is an important philosophy, or in other words, love of wisdom, to embody as we journey through life. Hi everybody, welcome to the first episode of 2023. I hope you've all had a good break and if not then I really hope that um, you have set an intention to take better care of yourself and to prioritize self-care and self-compassion. So before we get into today's topic I want you guys to just take a moment to do a little check-in. Just really pause and tune in and notice how am I feeling today? How am I feeling in this moment? And really trying to develop this sense of curiosity and openness that every day I'm different. Every day I'm feeling different symptoms, different emotions, or perhaps the same feelings and emotions. But every day I am in a different biology phase and process. So really moving away from the mentality of stuckness, entrapment, and victimization. And the thought patterns that can come with things never changing or symptoms never improving. Because the reality is that things are always changing. You know, even in the body, things are constantly changing, moving around. It's a biology, it's dynamic, and we will all feel different based on the weather, based on what activities we're doing, based on what we're thinking, based on what's happening in our lives. Um, We're going to feel different compared to uh, perhaps how we were you know, on a different day. So if you've been in bed for a whole day, you're going to be feeling different compared to being busy um, a whole day. So really just practicing to embrace this checking in process and doing it from this perspective of curiosity and openness. And so bearing in mind that Feeling different, depending on what's going on, is okay. And it's a good thing. And we really want to work with that. We really want to um, look at everything that's happening for us, whether it's internal or external, from a place of compassion, from a place of kindness, and removing this mental catastrophizing, this mental, um, I guess, fear-based survival brain approach that most of us are quite conditioned to operate from. So even just taking into consideration, you know, the emotional shock and the stresses of day-to-day life and really looking at how it's changing and emotions pass through us in little packages. So learning how to observe the body, observe the emotions and observe situations with clarity and with wisdom. 
And this puts us in a position to be able to actually handle life in a much more resilient way, to actually be more efficient, to be more productive, and to do it from a place of wisdom, right? So when I'm talking about productivity, I'm not referring to, I'm going to do this stuff so that I can get back to how I was. Forget about how you were. And the reason I chose the today's topic as, you know, using crisis as opportunities, because we really have to allow the this conditioned self to be transformed. And the only way it can be transformed is through crisis, because <laughs> otherwise we wouldn't do anything. We wouldn't change. <laughs> so crisis is always an opportunity. And the opportunity is to let go of this old conditioned self, which takes time, right? It takes time. And the first step is to increase awareness and to increase curiosity and to increase this mindset of, I guess, um, this openness, you know, this really being able to uh, become aware of what's going on for me on a day-to-day basis. The reason why it's really useful to stay open and to just be present to how you're feeling without getting stuck in how you're going to feel in 10 minutes, in an hour, in a day, in a week, in a month, in a year, is because that's what's actually contributed towards this sympathetic state that brings on symptoms and that keeps us stuck in the survival cycle, right? Where, and I'm not just talking about physical survival, I'm talking about emotional survival, that's what it really always comes down to. Um, we can't predict what's going to happen, right? So feeling stuck in this thought pattern of I'm going to be sick forever is really unhelpful. And it actually ends up holding us back and keeping us stuck in that chronic stress pattern of getting up and feeling tense, feeling sad, feeling depressed, and so on. So it's really useful to, you know, to just use the tools that you learn in a therapeutic setting or that you learn, um, I guess, through a podcast or through a book and so on. Instead of feeding into thoughts that I will never get better, I'm always sick, this is never going to go away, my body can't heal itself, my body doesn't know what to do and so on, this is genetic, I'm stuck. Really tap into those thoughts, fears and and worries and, and just kind of bring them to the surface and work your way through them. So make space for them, observe them rather than getting caught up in them, trying to get rid of them, and then practicing to soothe them and to change them. To do that, we need to use crisis as an opportunity. And the way we can do that is to create an action plan. So this is a combination of everything you've learned, um, you know, through the books, through the podcast and therapeutic sessions and so on. And looking at what is it that I'm doing on a day-to-day basis to actually support myself, to support my challenges. Uh, And if you're not showing up for yourself, if there's a repetition of, I guess, self-betrayal, or if you think that just sitting down and journaling is enough, then unfortunately, you know, you will get disappointed because self-care is in everything that we do every day. And more than anything, it starts with our thoughts, the way we think about ourselves, the way we think about other people, the way we think about our body. 
And if those thoughts are thoughts of constant judgment and fear, um, catastrophizing and mind reading and future predicting and so on, then this sympathetic state is just continues to stay active. So it's really important to work on creating an action plan so that you can do these daily um, practices to ground yourself, you know, to really feel your body, to body scan, to be with your body, um, be in your body, you know, and gently challenge yourself to do the things that you think you can't do, whether it's getting back to exercising, whether it's traveling, whether it's whatever the case may be, going back to work or you know, um, doing gardening, whatever it is that you had to stop doing because of your symptoms and condition, really easing into it, supporting yourself through the uncomfortable feelings, through the fear, and through the, you know, I can't do this thoughts. Because triggers are not there to be avoided. They are things that we learn from. They are things that we face they're not things that we avoid as they have um, frequently preached in traditional psychology. Um, we don't want to avoid triggers because then they continue to remain as triggers. So the way we take responsibility for our health and healing is to actually face our triggers in a very gentle way, in a kind way. And that, that means even changing you know, some of the belief systems that we have and to create new beliefs right but initially when we do that the brain's going to spit that out you're going to spit it out because you don't believe it so you have to do it in a really gentle way and the way that you can reinforce those neural pathways is through creating a daily action plan it means when you have an action plan it means that you strengthen your brain you know the pathways in your brain um, you strengthen your legs your feet your spine your ankle your shoulders your arms you know, your digestion. And the way you do that is because you're really embracing everything in your body. So you, your relationship with your body starts to change. You start to actually look at your body from an empowered and loving perspective. And you start to, even when you have off days or days when you're in pain or you feel weak or you don't feel good, that internal dialogue starts to change and you start to actually nurture and soothe yourself as opposed to frighten yourself. And this is really hard to do, you know, growing up for the majority of us, it was really, really hard when we were experiencing difficult emotions for most people, if not pretty much everyone. Um, there wasn't a parent there to really teach you about your emotions, to help you understand your emotions, to soothe you through difficult emotions without necessarily making you feel bad for having difficult emotions or trying to get you to stop having those emotions because that's another threat, right? It's not okay for you to feel sad or to feel angry or to feel depressed or to, for you to feel anxious. And, and that's why these emotions start to become quite threatening to us as we get older because we just start to think that it's not okay for me to feel what I'm feeling. And that's not true. So I want you to really start thinking about using your bad days as an opportunity to tune into yourself, to tune into your body, 
to really be with yourself, to nurture yourself, to soothe yourself, and, you know, to understand what's going on for you. And even if you don't necessarily have the energy to do that, just by being there for you, you're teaching your mind that it's okay for me to have off days. It's okay for me to not feel good. Even just saying, I give permission for this pain to be here. I give permission for this anxiety to be here right now. I give permission for this, whatever the case, the panic, the discomfort, the sadness, the depression to be here right now can release and reduce the resistance. And that on its own can really help turn off, you know, and reduce this faulty alarm signal in the brain. You know, crisis is something that summons us into transformation. Identifying and understanding the feelings that come with it is really important. Otherwise, we don't have a crisis. The crisis has us, right? And so you really want to make time and space for your emotions, which is something we tend to avoid. And it's something that we've also been shamed for quite frequently. Or, you know, think that we will be shamed for because of the perception that developed around you know, what it means to be a good person, a normal person, a strong person, uh, an acceptable person, and so on. And, and when it comes to your good days, I want you to think about what you can do, you know. So really just thinking about who do I want to be, you know, what values do I want to follow? Um, how do I want to experience my good days? How do I want to communicate, you know? How do I want to communicate to myself? You know, am I wanting to be generous, loving, positive, reliable? And what can I do in my daily interactions to be that person? Who don't I want to be? You know, if you don't want to be a person who injures or talks about negative things all the time or drags people down or gets snappy and reactive and emotional, then, you know, look at how you can feel your frustration and your anger in your symptoms, but then act with openness, humor, generosity, kindness, and love. And that's always hard to do. So I always, I say, you know, if you're in a really dark place, start with curiosity, because that's the least threatening of every other state. Everyone can be curious, no matter how they're feeling. They can be curious about what's going on for them internally. So it's interesting that when I think this thought, this happens, or when I do this, this happens. When I give too much, this is what happens to my body. When I rush, this is what happens to my body. When I constantly stress about time, this is what happens to my body. When I constantly focus on what people might think of me, or I give in to other people's needs without taking my own into consideration, or, you know, suppressing the authenticity that's coming through for me this is what happens to me this is what happens to my body this is how my symptoms become this curiosity is really an incredible gateway into um, using crisis as an opportunity whenever you're feeling vulnerable feeling frustrated feeling uncertain look at strategies to be the person you want to be and let go of the old patterns that perhaps aren't serving you right and that again comes back to awareness and strategy so on a good day you can do things you can think clearly you have action plans and you know you might join a group 
to meet people, you might start a new hobby, you might, you know, really getting into a phase of learning and progressing and moving forward um, and really enjoy being a beginner, making mistakes and learning. One of the things that happens with people with chronic pain and mental health issues is that we tend to isolate ourselves so much. We tend to focus more on responsibility and that in turn increases our feelings of entrapment. That's why tuning in, prioritizing your needs, even learning about what my needs are. What do I need? You know, and it doesn't have to be anything big. Just today, right now, what do I need? And if you don't know what you need, test it out, try it out. You know, it's through practice that we become better at having a healthier relationship with ourselves and with our body. So instead of, you know, feeding fear with more fear or feeding resistance with more resistance, you actually focus more on being with what is. And that's why curiosity can be really helpful because it actually helps us to be with what is. And also know that, you know, this whole journey is always teaching us. I, I really believe that crisis is teaching us to, to look at what it is that we're doing that's no longer serving us and the roles that we've played or the things that we do that are just not really aligning to who we want to be and who we truly are when no one else is around what am i who am i how do i act what do i think of myself right and how do i treat the unexpected let's say I have a fear of flying and I have a fear of going on holidays because I've had symptoms and I don't feel good and it feels yucky. But I really tap into that courage and that bravery and I do it anyway because I don't want the symptoms to run my life. And so you go on a holiday and you spend 48 hours feeling sick and yucky during this holiday season because, um, holiday period, I mean, because you just have you know, um, really yucky symptoms because it's just been a lot. The travel has taken a toll. The changes have taken a toll. Allow yourself to be in that. Even just prepare yourself mentally to go, you know what, that could happen and that's okay because I have the tools to just stay in bed, to just take it easy, to surrender and enjoy the fact that this is, you know, this is part of this trip. You know, I can't have the good without the bad and that's really the key to everything in life you can't have one without the other you really need to embrace everything so making sure that you create space and develop your boundaries so that your body can take time out to rest to recover and do what's essential do what you enjoy you know spend time with yourself do do your hobbies get your music out um, go to work maybe commute um you know, catch a train, whatever the case may be, you are putting yourself out there in life. You're not stopping life, but what you're doing is you're slowing it down. And by slowing it down and using the tools and strategies that we've learned, then what we're doing is we're supporting ourselves through this process. And the focus isn't on when is this going to go away? When am I going to be free from this? But rather, 
okay, this has happened, this is happening, how can I work with it? How can I make space for it? How can I love myself through it? So, you know, I've said this a few many times before and I always say it to my clients. Write down what you're worried about. You can do this for 10 minutes a day. Just really write it down. I know Nicole Sachs talks about... Um, doing this journaling process of 20 minutes a day and writing about anything or something that stresses you in your life. But you can also just do it for 10 minutes. Write about everything that stresses you and you know, really verbalize your truth and then just tear it up, throw the paper away, rip your, rip your sheet of paper. And even in that process of doing that, you're teaching yourself not to hold on to how you feel totally destroy it get rid of it and then what you can do is you can do some self-compassion meditation you can do some tapping which i find so beneficial i absolutely love tapping and i've been tapping every day in my own life and you can also um, sit down and write for 10 minutes things that you're grateful about you know so things that you know, it could be, I'm grateful for my toes. I'm grateful for my nails. Imagine if I didn't have nails, if I didn't have toes. I'm grateful for my breath, for my uh, family or friends or this sunny day or music or the fact that I can hear, the fact that I can see. There's so many things to be grateful about. And it's important that we make time to acknowledge those things because otherwise what we're strengthening are newer pathways that are focusing on what's missing, focusing on what's wrong, focusing on what needs to be fixed. And that's just going to keep you stuck in that pain cycle, that fear cycle. So really focusing on things that you can be grateful about, even the tiniest little things. You know, the other day... I was walking outside and I was looking at the trees and I was just thinking all of this beauty just for me just so I can look at it and just go wow and I would just talk to every tree I would just look at it and just go hello beautiful aren't you just stunning and I felt so good I felt like I was one with nature I felt so connected to the world around me and that's what we want to rebuild that connection with the world around us the connection with life, right? So gratitude really helps us to get back to that. And I never would have gotten to where I am today when it comes to, I guess, um, the wisdom I've gained so far or the, um, the implementation of certain ways of living my life that I find have really made my life better without the crises in my life, without using those crises as an opportunity. And yes, at the time of crisis, it's never easy. We need support. We need help. But to get stuck in that victim mentality or to get stuck in the mindset that this is never going to get better or things are never going to change or whatever the case may be, does not serve us. So creating an action plan for those difficult times, for those difficult days, for those difficult seasons is really important. You know, to, to support yourself through that period and to know that you know I've said this before and I say it again your body is so wise you know the soul lives in the body not in the mind and so 
the body is so wise. It's always reflecting back what's going on for you internally. Before, I never used to be aware of the amount of negativity that I would have in my head, in my brain, um, on a day-to-day basis. And then I would have symptoms and I wouldn't know why I had the symptoms. And it wasn't until, you know, consistent self-inquiry practices that I realized I'm thinking negatively all day long. There's very few moments of joy. In fact, joy was a bit of a threat to my mind. Uh, I felt like joy and relaxations were states that were threatening almost. It was almost like, nope, don't have time for that. Can't do that. Because the survival brain was constantly running the show. And so I think it's really important for you to, or for us, for all of us, of course, to make time um, to teach our brain how to thrive. Because the brain doesn't know how to thrive naturally. I mean, as babies we do, but then, you know, the the environment, the cultural conditioning and so on um, ends up taking over and that's when we learn how to really live life from a place of survival and so we don't really learn how to thrive in life we don't learn how to be joyous how to be relaxed how to be calm how to go with the flow how to embrace change and actually you know ease um, I guess our way through them and be okay with them I really believe that this healing journey or the journey around pain is a spiritual journey and so what I mean by that is that it never ends and it it really is about building a much more loving spiritual relationship with yourself and with life I know for me there's still days when I have symptoms and that's okay I'm completely okay with that and the symptoms can change and move around depending on what's going on for me I actually have learned to be grateful for that because it's showing me, it's literally guiding me into my inner world. And I can't think of a better thing because when we focus on the outer world and forget about our inner world, attending to our inner garden, what happens is that we end up feeling lost. We end up losing our center we end up becoming what we think the world expects of us or what other people need from us or what we think they need from us. We live from a place of fear as opposed to a place of love. And so I really encourage you always and and with every episode that I create on this podcast to make time for your inner world. Make time to tune in and to be with what is, as opposed to judging it, wanting to get rid of it, um, asking repeatedly and constantly, how much longer, when is this going to go away? Nurture it, soothe it, as if you're taking care of a wounded animal, as if you're taking care of a wounded child. And I promise you that things will start to shift. When you approach your symptoms from a place of self-compassion, And I know that not everyone knows what self-compassion actually really means. But once, you know, even if you want to look into that, there's a whole, that on its own is a whole um, episode, (laughs) if not several. When you approach life from a place of 
compassion, self-compassion, then everything changes. Your relationships change. Your relationship to yourself and other people changes. Um, your relationship with everyday life changes. And you live in the flow as opposed to pushing against and trying to manipulate and control things in order to feel safe, in order to, um, I guess, feel loved and so on. Because these are states that we need to activate from within ourselves. And when we learn how to self-soothe, when we learn how to body scan and be with the symptoms in our body, when we learn how to give ourselves what we need on the day, as opposed to judging ourselves for our needs, when we learn how to challenge ourselves in loving ways, as opposed to, you know, harsh, critical ways, then everything starts to respond to that love. So to summarize this episode, really explore if you're feeling stuck, why am I feeling stuck? Tap into this underlying belief. I feel stuck because why? And remember, thoughts are not facts. Difficult days happen on a bad day. Give yourself permission to rest. Make sure that you are completely easing into that rest day as opposed to having or giving in to thoughts around feeling bad, feeling guilty. Why is this not going away? Why is this happening? Why can't I get better? Because then again, we just remain stuck in that fear cycle. When you're having difficult days, try not to explain things from this rational way. Um, just ease into what's happened, embrace it, just say this is what's happening right now, I haven't done anything wrong, um, bad days happen, bad weeks happen, bad months happen, and then focus on how you want to feel, focus on how you want to nurture yourself or what nurtures you. So that could be anything from reaching out to your therapist, to, you know, listening to a, a helpful podcast, to, you know, watching your favorite um, TV show and uh, perhaps laughing a little bit or calling in sick, taking some time off work, spending some time in nature, doing some more breathing exercises, doing some art, whatever the case may be. Support yourself through the bad days, support yourself through the triggers. Brainstorm on the things that you notice trigger your symptoms. So make a list and be open-minded and go easy on yourself. Make a list on things that trigger you, that bring on different symptoms for you. And every person is different. Um, and over time, our triggers change. So don't compare yourself to other people. Everyone is different. We're all different. Um, just focus on what is it that triggers me, right? So some of the common triggers can be busy places, crowded places. Um, thoughts around responsibility, thoughts around what you should be doing, feelings of entrapment, drinking too much um, alcohol or coffee or soft drinks, um, people who are upset or angry can trigger us, um, any kind of noise can trigger us, right? Too much doing, not enough being. So there's so many different things that can trigger us. Be, become aware of your triggers. 
Don't give in to your triggers. Don't avoid your triggers. Be aware of your triggers, right? And so once you notice your triggers, allow yourself to explore addressing them. So taking regular breaks, let's say from a computer screen, because screens and technology can be triggering. Or, you know, just um, taking breaks from whatever it is you have to do. And if you have to do it, if let's say you have to go to a shopping center and be around crowded people or noisy people or whatever the case may be, take little breaks to sit, tune in words, breathe, connect to your breath, be experimental, be curious. Instead of thinking, I can't do this, focus on what you can do. I know for me, I have a practice, a daily practice that I follow religiously. So every day I wake up, I do a 30-minute standing, close-eyed meditation that really helps me to focus on my inner world, my body, my physical, I guess, frame, and really find and hold and maintain my center. And then I do a half an hour Tai Chi and Qigong uh, practice. And this is important, you know, um, this is something that has helped me to become a lot more aware of what's going on for me on a day-to-day basis, bringing that practice into my daily life, noticing when feelings of overwhelm take over, noticing when my balance is off, tuning into myself, tuning into my thoughts, and also releasing trauma and stress through the body. So, you know, TRE is really good for that trauma release um, therapy, which is all about shaking and allowing the body to shake and utilizing the muscles. Um, Any kind of, you know, gentle exercise like Tai Chi and yoga and Qigong, these are all really wonderful ways of and somatic um, body work is a really good way of releasing trauma because the mind and the body are connected and we have to work with the body to release trauma because trauma stays in the body. So become aware of that, create an action plan. And then also, you know, um, if you're feeling tense, if you're feeling stressed, dissociated from your body, Shake your limbs, shake your body, shake your hands, shake your feet in a playful way. Release by creating tremors, you know, um, a tremor release of your muscles. This is a really healthy way of um, discharging excess nervous tension, also called neurogenic tremors. And the thing with trauma is that when it stays in the body, that's when it becomes damaging. But when we release it, it, it's actually really, um, there's nothing to worry about. If you look at animals who are traumatized or frightened or shaken up, they're tremoring, they're shaking, right? And that's just a natural way that the body's trying to release the trauma. So allow for that to happen. Say no thank you to activities that lead to unnecessary stress cycle are not alignment with your desires, what you really want. No matter how much you feel guilty about saying no, still say no. And sit with that guilt. Explore the guilt. Where is that coming from? 
and say yes to activities that you do desire, that do regulate your nervous system, that keep things playful for you. Explore even what playfulness means. What does it mean to be joyous, to have joy in my day-to-day life? One final tool I want to give you guys is to write a letter. Write a letter of the old story repeating itself in your mind that's not helping you, that's not benefiting you. Saying something like, this is never going to get fixed, I'm never going to get better, I'm stuck, I'm not good enough, I hate my body, my body's against me, my mind is not, um, won't stop worrying, my mind um, is, you know, screwy, I can't get better, my symptoms are awful, there's no wisdom in my body, blah, blah, blah. It goes on, right? And this old story is something that you can replace with a new story, such as I am normal. I am my normal. My body is normal to fire different sensations. There is wisdom in my body and I'm listening to that wisdom. I'm on track. I'm healing even when I have off days, off weeks, off months. This is my journey. And I choose to trust and believe in my journey. I am healed. I'm healing. I'm whole. I I embrace, even if you don't believe that, I embrace the feeling of being healed. I embrace the feeling of being whole. Really letting go of that old story. Write a letter about it. As if you're writing a letter to a friend, writing a letter to me, doesn't matter. As often as possible, really revisit this letter. Read it often. Change your story to change your sensations. Remember that no one can do this work for you. Professionals can help you. They can guide you. They can support you, some better than others. But healing is activated from within. And sometimes the work takes a lifetime, if not always. And that's okay. That's a good thing. Um, The art that I practice, the Tai Chi, the art of Tai Chi, art of martial arts, or Kung Fu, um, that word, its original meaning actually refers to any discipline or skill that's achieved through hard work and patience. So it's the same thing with this journey towards healing, towards growth, towards finding and holding and maintaining our center from within. You have to show up for it every day. You can't just say, when is it over? When is this going to get better? When am I done? Remove the focus from getting rid of things and focus on activating what you want. That's the work and that's the practice. It's really crucial that we don't push ourselves because that keeps us stuck. When you try to fix the problem, when you become fearful of your symptoms, you actually make them bigger. And so the awareness of what's happening is so important because running away from your body includes rejecting what you feel. And it it includes telling yourself that you should be better. Telling yourself that it shouldn't take this long to get better. That whatever's happening right now, whatever crisis, pain, Whatever it is, shouldn't be happening. When we resist emotions, we're running away from our body. When we avoid doing the things that are good for us, that are 
supportive and healing, making time for things that actually ground us and connect us to ourselves, then we're running away from our body. When we ignore our true feelings, when we wish things were different, we're running away from our body. When we're being unlovable towards ourselves, we're running away from our body. You know, I often get asked by clients, well, what am I supposed to do when the pain is so loud or when I'm going through a really difficult time? How do I keep my, myself busy? How do I keep my mind off what's happening? And I always tell them, let yourself feel. Don't try to be busy. Be you. Put yourself first. Find your steadiness. Hold your center. Cultivate that peace from within by doing body scans and spending time in nature and finding things to love about yourself, to love about your body. Put your attention where you want it to go, right? Where you, Whatever you want to feel, put your attention on that. And this is tricky, you know, it's a balancing act and it requires focus, it requires practice, but this is the, the way right this is the way forward we need to feel it to heal it i'm going to end this episode with a poem about letting go it's really inspired me to let go on a daily basis let go of the parts of me that are fearful and conditioned and i really believe the letting go process to be crucial in our journey towards transforming crisis and turning it into an opportunity. She let go. Without a thought or a word, she let go. She let go of the fear. She let go of the judgments. She let go of the opinions swarming around her head. She let go of the committee of indecision within her. She let go of all the right reasons. Wholly and completely, without hesitation or worry, she just let go. No one was around when it happened. There was no applause or congratulations. No one thanked her or praised her. No one noticed a thing. Like a leaf falling from a tree, she just let go. There was no effort. There was no struggle. It wasn't good and it wasn't bad. It was what it was. And it is just that. In the space of letting go, she let it all be. A small smile came over her face, a light breeze blew through her, and the sun and the moon shone forevermore. All right, everybody, that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you would like to work with me, please go to mentalawakening.com.au. And if you like this episode, please feel free to leave me a review on Apple Podcast or share it with anyone that you think will benefit from the information shared. Until next time, I wish you all a wonderful beginning to this new year. Take care, everybody. Bye for now.